1: All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. I am super excited because we've got an absolute rock star on the line this week. Uh, now, I know I say that every week, but this person is actually a rockstar. A little <laughs> bit about her. She's pulled off a five-figure launch for her first course with just two weeks prep, and that's what we're going to speak about uh, today. But on top of that, she's an online business and messaging strategist. or well, that's her official title, but she's a messaging queen. She's a mama. She's a wifey. She's a beach lover. Um, she's a life lifter. And you can find her on YouTube with her new videos every week. I've got the link down in the show notes, melindakiddo.com slash YouTube. Um, the thing that I like about her most, though, is that she's, she comes from the most Australian named place in the world. Correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong, but I think you're originally from Wagga Wagga, which is like I the am. most Australian name in the world. And I think you currently <laughs> reside in Winuna, which is like the, yes. the second most Australian name in the world.
0: Winona within Wollongong,
1: yes. Yeah, exactly. Within Wollongong, the third most Australian name in the world. So, um, I'm really
0: sticking to the Ws. So, exa- for some yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, she's and Honestly, though, when it comes to messaging, I think she's the best in Australia anyway. I know everyone in Australia. She's mastered the country, not even the country, the continent. I think she's the best messaging strategist in in the whole continent. So without further ado, let me introduce the one and only Melinda Kiro. Melinda, how are you? (laughs)
0: I'm great. Thanks. I think you must just qualify as the best compliment giver in the in the continent. Yeah, well, yeah,
1: I I was lucky you had it all. I'm like, what do I say? And then I went on your Facebook and I'm like, oh, I could just copy and paste all of this. So it was easy for me. Um, Okay. Melinda, tell us a little bit about yourself. We've podcasted before. We've chatted a couple of times. I know what it is you do, but if someone's listening and they don't quite know what it is you do, do you want to tell us what it is you do, but also give us a bit of a story? How'd you get into it?
0: Sure. Well, uh, so the people that I work with are people who are in service based businesses, course creators, coaches, um, uh, service providers, and they are phenomenal at what they do. They are an expert. They are really amazing at delivering that transformation for their clients, but they often struggle with how to actually put that into words that convey that brilliance in a way that makes their audience, first of all, get it but more importantly, want it. So I'm that person who can reach into your brain and go, are you trying to say, you know, that you do this? And I'm like, yes, that's what I've been trying to say. So I basically help to translate the brilliance that you know you offer into compelling, juicy messaging that makes your audience want it. So um, I've been doing that for a few years now. So The launch that we're going to talk about is something that happened, uh, I think it was back in about 2019. uh, No, probably about 2018 uh, for the first course that I launched, which is still my signature program that I run today. And yeah, so I, it's always that question of how did you end end up here? (laughs) And I uh, never imagined I would be doing this. But when you look back across your life, you see how like, oh, actually, I can see how that was building the whole time. Uh, Because I've always had a bit of a knack with Words, and particularly using words to get results. <laughs> so uh, back in my corporate days, I would be the one that people would come to and say, like, "No, can you help me like write this email to Betty in accounts to get her to pay that damn invoice?" And I'm like, "Yeah, no problem." And you know, like write this petty, slightly you know <laughs> targeted email that would get Betty to do the bloody thing that we wanted her to do, or you know. Uh, friends when tinder comes along like oh, how do i reply to this message like give me a phone like, so <laughs> i just always have known how to get the results that we're wanting just by arranging words in a certain way so uh, my previous corporate background was in human resources and particularly learning and development so i i had a lot of course creator background from back in those days like developing course curriculum for um for a, for a corporate training. And um, yeah, so it's a, just all those roads kind of lead together and uh, here we are.
1: Can I put you on the spot with your your words? You can try. <laughs> have you got a Tinder message you need replying to? Uh, well, I was, no, I was thinking that as soon as you said Tinder, I was like, oh, should I get my phone out? But it was, I was actually thinking <laughs> but before you said that, have you got an example of maybe a client that was like, hey, Melinda, here's what I do. And it sounds super boring when they, when they told you what uh, they did. And you were yeah. like, well, actually, if you word it like this, and the person's like, "Oh my god, that's so much better." Have you got a, an example or, or something you could share there?
0: Oh gosh, um, or, or, there can, is...
1: or, or do we want to put you on the spot and ask one of the guys to, that, that are on the call? Oh, I'm right. do Maybe. that.
0: That's, usually, that's probably easier than me trying to remember let's, somebody. Let's do that. <laughs>
1: All right. I might get Stuart. I know you've got a, probably got a better signal than than Russ. You want to unmute yourself, Stuart? Yeah,
2: yeah. Do, um, do you mind
1: if I do? You mind if I put you on the spot, Stuart?
2: Yeah, sure. Go ahead. And I'm probably. As soon as I heard what you did, Melinda, I was like, oh, my God, this is what I need. Um, That's a good good example there,
0: right? (laughs) Let me tell you something funny. That's the name of my program. The name of the program is, oh, my God, I need that. (laughs) Because messaging is all about how do I describe what I do in a way that makes my clients say, oh, my God, that's exactly what I need. So there that's quite hilarious that you've and just said that. That's how I
1: got interested in Melinda's content. I think I sent her a message on Facebook. I'm like, hey, what do you do? She's like, I do this. I'm like, oh, my God, that's awesome. So, <laughs> all right, let's, uh, wait, do you want to take over here, Melinda? Do you want to ask Stuart some questions or what do we, yeah, how do, we do this? Um... down in the show
2: notes
0: so why don't you just give us your version of 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 what you do Stuart
2: yeah okay cool so also I guess my I'm pretty um monotone and I think I'm very black and white thinker and so a lot of that sort of creative words and stuff don't come naturally to me and so yeah, uh, yeah that's why I thought that was pretty cool um so anyway at the moment um I am uh I own a group fitness. Uh, Facility. So what we do is uh, specialise in helping women over 30 to feel good about themselves. Um, And when I market that, I market that as um, we're going to help you lose weight and feel confident sort of thing. Um, I don't write sort of thing on there, but there you go. Um, (laughs) And, and, you know, because that's what they think they want is that they want to lose weight because then they'll feel good. But then when they get in the door, we teach them to... Um, you know, have confidence in themselves already as it is, the acceptance of themselves and, um, and also that they don't have to go all out um, 100%, um, all or nothing, um, just, you know, 1% better every day and, and that sort of thing. So it's about that gradual improvement and feeling confident in themselves. Um, so that's, that's what I do at the moment. And I I guess I'm sort of following along in Jono's thing uh well Jono's uh membership well I guess his journey into that uh, because I'm I'm thinking about well I'm working on doing something online in the future but I really am not real <laughs> clear on that so let's just focus on what I'm doing now at
0: yeah. the moment I love it. Well, let me speak to one thing because one of the first things that you were concerned about is that you're not great with creative words. And honestly, I think that's where a lot of people trip themselves up with messaging because they feel like they need to be creative or they feel like they've got to come up with something that sounds fancy or like unique or whatever. Uh, But honestly, the best thing with messaging is clarity and specificity. If you try to overcomplicate something or make it sound good, uh, (laughs) inverted commas. That's often when you, you know, where you start saying something like we help, um, powerful women supercharge their, their metabolism to, um, unleash their inner warrior. Like, and then you just go, okay. You know, what the hell
1: does that mean?
0: (laughs) mean, It sounds good, but exactly what the hell, like that's, we have messaging that goes, yeah, okay, I guess that sounds good. And we have messaging that's like, oh my God, that's exactly what I need. So what I liked with what you've told me already is that you are not trying to sell what they aren't looking for. That your initial messaging is like, we help you to lose weight and feel good. So in terms of clarity, in terms of specificity, that's fantastic. And I really like how you are speaking to the thing that they are looking for, not the thing that you ultimately believe they need. So, you know, that once you get them in the, in the door, you're going to help them with their confidence and all those sorts of things, but you know, that that's kind of, that's not their primary problem, their primary desire. So you're doing really great there. The only thing that kind of jumped out for me is when you said, you know, you're going to do this in a way where they don't have to go all out where you know it's going to be a bit of a gradual process so i would love you to add something in there like a without statement and so this would be how you're going to help them get x result without something that they don't want to have to do so in your case for women over 30 <laughs> it could be something like you know we help women over 30 to lose weight and feel good Without having to give up their wine, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or yeah. without having to give up like their um, their girls' nights out or something like that. Like, what is something that they don't want to have to say goodbye to in order to get that result? Yeah. Yeah. So that's enough, honestly, to add that little bit of extra oomph to your words and turn it from something that's like, well, it adds a bit of uniqueness in the sense that you're not going to teach them, how, like you're not going to give them strict routines or, you know, you are going to be different to what they might've seen before, but you're also showing them how you're going to help them to get that result without doing the very thing that they are dreading having to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. awesome awesome all right there you go so for everyone listening um that's what melinda does um (laughs) all right let's get into your story melinda so five figure launch your first time you know a lot of people listening to this they're like man i wish i could just make five sales my first time you know five figures how did you do it melinda start where you want to start and i'll let you take over here and i'll jump in if needs be
0: let's take a quick break
1: iHeartRadio or simply click on the link in the show notes below.
0: Sure. Well, the context of this story is that I'm a horrible procrastinator (laughs) and I had been wanting to launch this course for quite a long time. And at this point in my business, I actually had got myself into quite a nasty pickle because I had been working one-on-one with clients And I had previously done a bit of a promotion. Like I ran a five-day challenge uh, to sign one-on-one clients. And that went really well. (laughs) Mm. Uh, But I ended up accidentally overbooking myself by quite a number of people. And so I was absolutely maxed out with work. I was completely burnt out. And one of the great things about that sale is almost everyone paid me in full. Mm. But that actually created this huge problem in the sense that I had a full roster of clients for the next four months, and I had no more payments coming through mm. because they had all given me their money up front. So, which is great on one thing. You can't great on one hand, you can't complain, yep. but then that, it was creating a, a big problem down yep. the track. So I had knew I had been needing to have this, this course come through, but then it, it became a bit of a desperate situation because I I needed to create leverage in my income and I couldn't take on any more, more clients. So, but even though I had that problem, (laughs) I still, yeah, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. And I had this plan that, uh, I was going to be flying to New York for a business conference. And I thought, you know what I'll do? I'll launch it right before I fly out. And then I'll do my, you know, 10 day trip and then I'll start the course as soon as I get back. So I'll just be, you know, sitting on an airplane or wandering through the streets of Manhattan, just reveling in, in the success of this amazing launch. So I had I had a time, I had a deadline. And because of my wonderful procrastination skills, that deadline was getting closer and closer and I hadn't actually made any progress to launching this thing. And so my brain starts going, oh, look, maybe I'll just, I'll put it off a bit longer. Like it was just my deadline. Who really cares? I'll, I'll launch it when I get back. And I thought, you know what? If I, if I do that, it's going to be another six months. Like I, I know myself, I, I have to stick to this deadline. But by that point, I only had two weeks until my flight. So I had to pull off a little bit of a miracle. <laughs> so I always say like, this is the launch I pulled out of my bum <laughs> in two weeks, so
1: just, just, for the I... Amer- oh, just one thing there, just for the American listeners in Australia, bum means booty because in America, <laughs> it means a, a homeless person, you know, and we've had some, <laughs> some, you know, Melinda didn't pull it out of a homeless person. She, she pulled it out of well, her, her booty. Yeah. You got to get
0: creative when you're on a time crunch. So, <laughs> uh, Yeah. So I, I had, to I had to be a bit innovative, which I think in the end first of all, taught me a whole lot of amazing lessons that I still rely on today, but also um, just created extra fun. And honestly, one of, the, one of the things that came out of that innovation, I think is the main reason why, why I hit five figures. So we'll talk about some of the things that I did. Um, first of all, I'd never done a course launch before, but I had had success with my five-day challenge. So the last time I'd run this five-day challenge, I um, had overbooked myself with clients. So I thought, okay, well, that format works really well for me. Um, so my first tip, I suppose, when it comes to doing a course launch or anything like that, is that you've got to remember what works for you. Because I think sometimes when we need to, um, or when we want to do this launch, we put this um, event up on a pedestal of like, this is this big thing and I've got to do it properly. And so we buy this person's course or we read this person's book and we feel like we've got to replicate their strategy exactly. But what I would suggest is that you need to, um, you need to remember what works for you and don't throw that stuff out. Don't go to somebody else's strategy and follow that exactly when you've never done that before. If you have reliable sales strategies that are tried and tested for you. So I really had that at the front of my mind. I'm like, I know this five day challenge works for me. It's so connecting and engaging with my audience. They love it. And I knew that the last time I ran it, I had people um, even on the first or second day saying, I don't care what you're selling at the end of this. I know that I'm buying it. (laughs) So I was like, okay, my first priority is to run something that's tried and tested that I know works for me. But in saying that, I'd never sold this as a course before. It was essentially my one-on-one work packaged up as a course, uh, but I'd I'd never sold this. So even though I knew the format of the five-day challenge worked really well for me, I didn't know that this course was going to sell. So I wanted to give myself the confidence I needed and also the detachment from the results that I needed to be able to really show up for that five day challenge, be myself, settle into my unique style and just do what I do best. So in the start of that two weeks, I was like, I just need some people to buy this thing. I need to have at least a handful of people who are gonna be in the Facebook group. So I know that no matter what happens in this challenge, I at least have a handful of people that I can run this thing with. Because I didn't want to have this threat hanging over me the whole week waiting for the pitch day going, I hope this sells, I hope this sells, I hope this sells. Like that would have ruined my energy for the whole thing. Mm. So what I did was I uh, went back through lists of previous leads. So this would be people that I'd had discovery calls with who hadn't become one-on-one clients or people who had bought you know, $50 or $100 things from me before. Anybody who had engaged in my business in a serious way without um, investing in my, in my higher ticket offer, because I thought those people already know me. They already appreciate my work and they have probably been waiting for an offer just like this one. And you could argue two ways for this approach but what i decided to do is I, I reached out to each of them personally there was probably a list of about 25 people that i had i reached out to each of them personally and i said look hey i'm launching this course and because you know we already have a relationship because i i know that you enjoy this work um i want to give you a, a ridiculous price on this program because i just want you in the, i just want you inside it yeah. so I've made them feel special <laughs> mm-hmm. and I gave them an invitation to join at a drastically reduced price. I think the first time I ran this course it was 497 Australian dollars. So it wasn't a huge investment anyway, but I think this group of people got it for like 197, which was <laughs> outrageously low. Mm-hmm. low. Mm-hmm. Even the 497 was outrageously low, but mm-hmm. uh, that just allowed me I think from the uh, from the 25 people I messaged, I think 8 ended up enrolling at that price. So that just meant I could be like, all right, it doesn't matter what happens from this point. I have a group of eight people who want this course Mm. and it means I can run it. And it means I'll have recorded all the lessons and the first round is in the bank and, you know, happy days. Mm. So that gave me the confidence that, well, first of all, people want the offer. They want the outcome from this offer, mm. and I at least have enough people to justify running the course. So now I can go ahead with my five day challenge and go whatever happens, happens.
1: Awesome. Okay, and then from there.
0: So, from there, I went ahead and ran the oh, challenge.
1: You- okay. Yep. Gotcha.
0: No. Go- what, what was it cost? No.
1: No. I was, no, was going to say you, you. Like it wasn't just those eight, right? You then did the challenge to get. other people. in, Yeah.
0: So that was just a starting point. And honestly, like I I debated with myself for a little bit of like offering that low price because that group of people were my hottest leads. So Mm -hmm. you could argue I shouldn't have given them a discount because they probably would have paid full price anyway. But I think the loss that I took on the amount those people paid me is what actually uh, ended up equaling the full five-figure launch in the end, because I was able then to bring my fullest and wholest yeah. energy to um, the challenge without mm. the pressure or desperation that I might have felt yep. otherwise. Yeah, because yep. honestly, I did need it to work. I had put myself in such a bind with my one-on-one work that I needed <laughs> this course mm. launch to work. So without that like initial burst of sales, I would have had a very different energy. So
1: yeah, hundred percent.
0: So, um. Probably the coolest thing about this launch is, as I said, it it demanded a bit of innovation because with two weeks to get this together, one of the biggest problems that I came across is like, oh shit, I don't have a sales page for this thing. Mm. (laughs) I need a sales page.
1: How did you sell it to those eight? Was that just like an email? Hey, it's going to cover bang, 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 bang. bang. Here's a a link to a checkout card or something.
0: Uh, Yeah, I probably even just sent them an invoice, (laughs) to be honest. It it was a personalized email um, about like, here's the outcomes of the course. And we've worked together before, you know what I'm like. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it was a single email and, you know, email marketing is one of my skills anyway. So that part was kind of um, relatively straightforward for me. Um, So, but yeah, this big problem appeared that I don't have this sales page and I had a little bit of a meltdown about that because I'm like, oh, my God, like I don't have time to do a proper sales page. Like anything I pull together is going to look so shit like this is this is going to be awful. And I don't know how this idea came to me, but I thought, hang on a minute. Maybe the fact that it looks shit, maybe I can use that. And what came forward for me is actually some like a lesson that I still embraced today. And it's actually become a real core teaching component of my work because I had to think about, well, what, what do I need the sales page to tell them? What do I need them to believe in order to feel like my program is exactly what they need? And, you know, one of the core kind of messaging approaches is well you got to understand their current pain and their and their desired pleasure and and then show how your thing is is the path that's going to get them from from one to the other um and so look of course i was going to do that but one of the ingredients that i think a lot of people miss in their messaging is you have to make them believe that your approach is the only way Mm. or the best way to get that desired result, and so I realized, like the thing that I needed to convince them of is that it's all about the messaging. Mm-hmm. That you could have great branding, you could have shitty branding, you could have um, a five-piece funnel with a you know orchestra in the back, <laughs> you know, singing hallelujah. But it, none of that shit works unless you know unless i can convince you that that this is exactly what you need and so i thought well if if the best i can do is a shitty looking sales page why don't i deliberately make it look as shit as possible and then use my words to say even though this looks like shit you still want to buy it don't you that's the power of messaging <laughs> And I was like, this is either going to be a stroke of marketing genius, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. but literally my sales page, the headline was, this is the shittiest looking sales page you'll ever see. Yeah. Wow. And it was purely about like, it doesn't matter how things look. It doesn't matter how things sound. It all comes down to, if I can, you know, if I, if I can make you want it then that's good messaging. And when Mm. your messaging is strong, you don't need this, you don't need that, you don't need that. You simply talk about what you do and the right people will say, oh my God, I need that.
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
0: right. And (laughs) so that sales page, it actually became a bit of a shtick (laughs) because it was cool in and of itself. It was funny Mm. and it proved the point of my course. It proved the point that, if, if you can do this part well, then that, that is all that makes the difference. So <laughs> the sales page in and of itself was proving exactly why people needed the program as well as compelling them <laughs> to want it. Mm. But um, if I fast forward a few years, I made the mistake that I think a lot of people make and I've kind of touched on it already where when I wanted to now take my business seriously, I used that sales page for probably about two years. Mm -hmm. And then I got to a point of like, okay, I'm ready to make my evergreen funnel and I'm ready to scale this thing. And I went, you know what? It's time for a proper sales page. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to make it pretty now. And I'll like have, have the, the properly structured sales copy and all that kind of thing. So I went to, you know, your standard sales page template. Uh, beautifully designed and you know I'm still good on the messaging so the copywriting was still great but that sales page has never performed as well as my original
1: you, you broke your first rule Melinda your first I rule did. on this thing was you know if something works for you stick for that thing
0: I did yeah. and but I think we all do that when yeah. when we go okay I've done my scrappy things, like uh, this worked, this worked. But now it's time to get serious. Now it's time to do things properly, and we break what works for us.
1: Yeah.
0: And what what I now realized is it wasn't the scrappiness of that that made it work; it was that sense that I was proving why Mm. my course. Was needed. There there was nothing else I could have said about pain points or outcomes and benefits. Nothing else would have convinced people more than me demonstrating just what a difference good messaging can make. Mm. So that's now, like I said, a core component of my teaching because yes, pain points are great. Yes, outcomes and benefits and juicy language and all that kind of thing. But what makes people buy your course? is them believing that that Mm. is exactly what they need that that is the missing ingredient and so that's now become a core component of of what i help my clients to discover is what do they currently believe like what what do they feel is the answer what do they um What myths have they bought into? What mistaken beliefs are they caught up in Mm. that is ultimately stopping them from getting the results Mm. that they need? And what do I need to communicate to break or dismantle those existing beliefs and replace them with new beliefs, Mm. which support (laughs) my, my program? Mm might be a little bit of a side side quest, so you can uh, pull me up if you need to, but I, I'll, I'll give you an example of this in, in action. Um, one of my clients, uh, Judy, is an early childhood educator. Uh, sorry. she's She runs music programs for early childhood educators to help them bring really fun and engaging music lessons into preschools and early learning um, centres. And so she's like this fun, vibrant music queen like she just really fun kindy music and so she teaches these educators how to run these amazing programs and we were looking at her webinar and you know um all of the points in her webinar was like how she was going to pitch this thing and i was like okay so let's think about some of the beliefs that these educators have that may be stopping them from running these kind of music lessons in the first place and you know, we went through a whole bunch of them, but one of the key beliefs is like, ah, they think that they have to be a good singer. And so a lot of them, if they, if they feel like they're not a good singer, they will, um, like get the other teacher in the room, the one who has the, 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 the best voice in the room, they always get just palmed off to them. Right. And so I was like, okay, so it wouldn't matter how great your sales page is. It wouldn't matter how convincing your webinar is, how much value you cram into that, how energetic and wonderful you are. Because fundamentally, if they don't believe, sorry, if they believe that they are not a good singer, therefore they can't run good music lessons, they will never buy. They'll they'll be the person who's like, oh my God, Judy, you're so great. I love what Mm. you do. You're the best. Mm. But they won't buy. Mm so frustrating when you get people saying, I love your work. You're amazing. I could listen to you all day, but no, I'm not giving you any money.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then they'll go and buy someone else's program. Right.
0: Well, yeah. Mm. If that person gives them the belief that they need it. Yeah. Right. So mm. we realized that, um, Judy's webinar wasn't about demonstrating value or, mm. you know, giving my five tips for running a great music lesson. It was about changing their beliefs mm. Because I have to help this person believe that it, you could have the worst voice in the room, yeah. but if you know how to use your facial expressions, if you know how to use your volume, and then you can run the most amazing music lessons.
1: Mm, that's so love. good. Yeah. I and it.
0: I think that, that's, I really, I don't think I realized it at the time, mm. but I learned that lesson from that shitty sales page, mm. because I was literally, that page was changing people's beliefs. Yeah, It was showing them actually how yeah, literally you can see how none of that other stuff matters yeah. when you get this right. So I was making them believe, you know what? She's right. If I can just figure out my messaging, that's mm. all I need.
1: Yeah. Love that. Okay. Let's continue with, um, with this story here, Melinda. So you've got that scrappy sales page up now. What was the next mm-hmm. step from there?
0: Uh, so the next step was just to have fun with this challenge. Like, so my approach to challenges is I just jumped on live for, it was always meant to be 30 minutes, but it always ended up being an hour. And, you know, I was just riffing exactly as I'm doing now and just hanging out with my people. And uh, a it was, bit it like was a messaging
1: challenge, Melinda. What was the challenge?
0: Yeah. Um, so I've run two challenges. Uh, so one of my favorites is called Pimp Your Promo, which I'm actually planning to run again pretty soon. And that's how to like pimp up your promo, how to write really great promotional posts that um, that cut through all the noise that speak to the right people and make them go, oh, I, I need to check this out, right? So I'd, I'd run Pimp Your Promo once. I think for this one, I did um, a similar kind of style, but I think it was more more generic, I suppose. Like So that one was called nail your message. And we talked about the fundamentals of, of good messaging, gotcha. but my approach to challenges is to show off my skills and show off my vibe mm. because I, I teach exactly as I'm chatting with you now, like I'm very natural and um, try to keep things fun and silly. So I wanted people to see who I was as a coach and hopefully feel like I'm kind of a cool chick to be able to hang out with for, for any length of time. Uh, but I also wanted to show, I really know what I'm friggin' talking about here. Mm. And so I gave them a lot of opportunities in both of those challenges to say, okay, tell me your three bullet points, uh, you know, tell me your, your opening statement here. And I'd say, well, that's good, but I would change this or, you know, these are falling a little bit flat here. What if you set it like this? So they were really high interactive uh, challenges where I was getting people to do the work, but then showing them the the simple tweaks and how much that amplifies and how much that boosts the power of of their words. So they were really seeing the work in action and they were really seeing my skills in action as well. And the whole point of that is A, to fall in love with me, (laughs) but B, to go, holy shit, if I had her, if I had her brain working, not just on that one promo post, but on my sales page, on my email marketing on my, like, and so that was part of the pitch of like, look how much we've achieved on just one promotional post. Like what if we could actually methodically go through every piece in your funnel and give it the same kind of treatment and just first of all, figure out what those core ingredients of your messaging, what they all look like, but then, okay, how do I take those ingredients and put them into an email? put them into a sales page all that sort of thing. So the whole challenge was really uh, encouraging people to want to spend more time with me, <laughs> wanting to work with me, but then showing them how critical those, those skills would be. But we just had fun hanging out for the week, which is, you know, again, in my, in my natural element. And I guess the the final thing, the final piece of the puzzle that I added, which felt like a really big win uh, for me and uh, obviously it did for, for the attendees as well, uh, is I created a fast action bonus, yeah. which was almost a, almost a second course <laughs> in and of itself. Like people would have paid just as much for my actual course as they, they would have for this, this bonus. But I, I said it was going to be for the first 10 people who enrolled yeah. and, uh, I didn't even ask them to pay in full. I don't think, um, yeah, it was just the first 10 people that enrolled were going to get this amazing bonus. And I wrapped up the final final day. I'd done my pitch and like, okay, the the cart's open. And I remember going out to lunch. Uh, I I had specifically was like, I'm just going to walk away from my phone. I'm going to go have lunch with some friends of mine to, you know, do a little bit of a celebration. And before I had even, like I went straight from the end of that live to the restaurant. Before I'd even got to the restaurant, I'd had 15 people sign up. And I kind of went, Oh shit. I wasn't expecting that, that amount of people so quickly. Mm. Um, So I ended up just putting a note in like, wow, you guys are amazing. You've jumped on this. I don't want people who, um, who watch the replay to miss out on that bonus. I didn't think it would get snapped up that quickly. Mm. So I'm going to extend that, that anybody who signs up in the first 24 hours will get that bonus as well. Gotcha. And I pretty much made, my goal before i went to bed that night
1: yeah yeah because you needed 20 was was the goal five, 10k uh five i didn't actually
0: have a goal like i, I okay. I'd say, I'd say i hit my goal i, I actually didn't when i think of back to it now i didn't actually have a goal i just wanted to get enough people mm. that i could justify running the group so to be fair i actually got that goal before i did mm. the launch because i already had those eight at the lower price i had enough bums on seats, booties on seats, um, <laughs> to justify the course. So any sales that I made from the launch itself was really the, the cream on top. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. That's, yeah some, so, that's
1: some sweet cream, you know, next to
0: $10,000 on top. And, and look, I was, so this was on a Friday and I was flying out to New York on the Monday and I had these really grand plans of like, you know, while I'm on the plane to New York, I'll write out more email sequences so that more sales can come in. Like, cause the cart was going to be open for most of the time that I was away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, even by that point, I'm like, you know what? I don't even care. Like I, I could get more sales. I could, I could squeeze more juice out of this, but I'm like, I feel so great about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to enjoy my time in New York. And I think I ended up with about 25, maybe it was between 25 and 30. I can't remember exactly uh, people in, in the group. And I was like, this is fantastic. I can enjoy my trip. I can come home and start at like running this amazing program with
1: these people. Awesome. Love that. All right. I've got some rapid fire questions for you, Melinda. Go for it. Okay. First one is around marketing or traffic source. So mm-hmm. we know that the sales strategy is the challenge. How do you get people in, in your challenge? What's your, your favorite traffic source or social media platform?
0: Um, so at the time it was Facebook groups, <laughs> which I know that you're a proponent of. Uh, so I did have my own Facebook group, which didn't have a huge amount of people it would probably had about um, maybe six or 700. Um, but that actually, every time I ran a challenge, my group got, got boost, a boost in numbers because gotcha. I you ran host, the challenge
1: in that. Oh, sorry. You got, it.
0: I would host the challenge on my Facebook page so that it was accessible to everybody, actually. Mm, yep. But during the challenge, I would be like, if you want the workbook, make sure you go here and sign up and mm. make sure you join us in the Facebook group, because that's where everyone's posting their homework and where you're getting feedback on your work. So by running the challenge on my Facebook page, it it was being organically spread because I would always get so much engagement on those live yeah. streams that it would get shown into other people's feeds. So I was constantly having, even after the promotional time, I was yeah. constantly having new people stumble across a live and then they were always being driven back to my email list and to the group. Gotcha. Uh, so, yeah, every time I've run one of those challenges, it boosts the engagement in my group and boosts the numbers in my group as well. So I had promoted it in my own group. I promoted it to my email list as well. Uh, but I think the majority of my sign-ups for that original challenge were in me Uh promoting it in other people's Facebook groups as well. Places where I was already hanging out, where I was already Mm. contributing to the space. So I was already known as the messaging girl Mm. (laughs) and where people already respected my skills. So uh, I didn't have to do too much hard promotion. Mm. uh, But you'd done
1: the work before kind of thing, you know? It's like you didn't have to do too much hard promotion because, you know, you'd you'd done the work beforehand. It's kind of like someone comes to you now, oh, where can I promote? Well, what have you been doing for the last three months? The answer to yeah, that's exactly. nothing, you know. Well,
0: yeah, and and without that, it, the I mean, I would have gone okay. One of the one of the reassuring things <laughs> for me personally, because I'm I'm not super consistent on social media to be honest, and um, but one of the things that is always reassuring for me, and again, why I believe messaging is so important, is that even if I haven't been showing up. Mm. my messaging still cuts through. Yeah. So like, that's why this is, Mm. it does. It's such a Mm. fundamental skill. Like that if, that, you know, if I've been absent (laughs) for however long, um, if I haven't emailed my list for three months, Mm. I can send an email out. And because my messaging is strong, I will get people signing up or booking. Oh my God. That's
1: exactly what I want or exactly what I need. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. So again, that's why messaging is such a bloody good skill. (laughs) But of course, like what really helped me at that time was that I had been consistent and I had Mm. been, I wasn't some random person who was trying to peddle this thing. Like Mm. I was a name that people had seen in the traps. And um, so I don't use Facebook groups as much anymore. Like I hang out in them and I contribute to conversations when I feel like it. Uh, But now YouTube is my um, primary platform because I love that when I if I've there's videos that I posted two years ago that still bring me leads and sales Mm. today. And I love that.
1: (laughs) Give it, give it a plug. What's your YouTube channel there, Melinda?
0: Yeah. You can check me out at melindakiddo.com forward slash YouTube. Um, yeah, so and to be honest, even there, like I, I, I took a little bit of a break from from posting regular videos because I was you know, working on some funnels and bits and pieces behind the scenes. But uh, what has been fantastic about YouTube for me personally is that even not posting my weekly video every single mm. week, what like taking a bit of an extended break, again, those old videos that I posted <laughs> two years ago still bring me enough leads that um, that my business has been able to to continue to grow despite. Mm. Um, despite a lack of consistency, but where it's definitely a good time to subscribe because I'm, I'm bringing in a new form of content. I'm playing around with a, um, a new approach that hopefully will be really fun for people going forward. So awesome. <laughs> come well, check me out, come well. subscribe and strap in for, <laughs> for what might be to come.
1: <laughs> awesome. I'll, I'll put that link in the show notes. So I think that's a good discussion for another day where it's kind of like, like from my take, I think what Melinda did was really good because I think Facebook groups are good quick wins. You know, it's like you can jump on now and get a a, face, a client from a Facebook group today or next week or in a month. Um, YouTube is a bit more of a longer game, you know, like Melinda said, has been out for two years, you know, um, but it's good to get a combination of both, you know, do your quick stuff now, but also work on something on the back end. So then you can get to the stage where Melinda's at, where you don't have to be posting on Facebook groups every day because you've got a YouTube video that's bringing in leads. Um, my next question was about sales, but I think you covered that your sales um, strategy is the challenge. So at the time it was basically like, right, let's use Facebook groups to do my marketing, get my name out there, get people registered for the challenge. Right now I do my, my selling in the challenge. You've, you've covered what's going on there Uh, in terms of the delivery. So the, did you do it live the first time Melinda's, how did that kind of work?
0: Yeah, great question. So um, I was doing the approach that a lot of people teach of sell the thing first and then teach it live as you roll it out. Um, so the material was already very familiar to me. Cause like I said, it was adapted. I already pretty much had the modules from mm. my one-on-one work, but I was like refreshing them and, and repackaging them. But the benefit of delivering it live is I was getting immediate feedback from that mm. group as to what was working, what wasn't. So my plan was to each week, jump on live, do the teaching component, and then have Q and a immediately afterwards.
1: Gotcha. Stop recording the, there? Like, was the. No, okay. So, the uh, QA I, was on the record as well?
0: QA was on the record as well. Gotcha. But what I realized pretty much after the first week, maybe the second week, I was like, I don't think this is working as well as it could. Because what I was teaching people these concepts and they were like, wow, this is amazing. But they didn't yet have any time yeah. to apply that to their own work and come up with questions. Mm. So they didn't have enough time to kind of formulate a really valuable question for themselves. Like, okay, but how would this work for a dancing structure? How, how this work for, you know? So, um, when you have a live group like that, I was able to say, Hey guys, like, this is what I've noticed. Do you agree? Like, would, would you prefer if we did it this other way? And everyone was like, yes, yes, that would be so much better. So I switched from the live teaching and the live Q and a to, I would pre record the lesson and I would drop that on the Monday, let's say, and we would have the Q and a live call on the Thursday. Mm. So they could watch the content and come armed to that call with solid questions where they could actually get, you know, real value. So I was able to be flexible and adapt to what my group needed. But then also what happened as I started running this group is I noticed once we, so it was meant to be eight weeks. Once we got into about week four or week five, people were starting to panic because they were falling behind. Mm. And, you know, I would, I would be like, okay, who's got questions from the week four module that I sent out? I'm like, oh, my God, it's still at week two. like, And mm. so there was this real sense of, of panic in the group. So, again, I could listen to the needs of the people <laughs> and go, okay, well, let's change things up. So I added in some implementation weeks where mm. no new module was released,
1: That's but they could funny. just
0: catch up and, um, you know, uh, Yeah. Catch up on the work, really think about it and and feel like they had solidified what we'd done so far before we moved on to the next. And so it's lessons like that, that you can't anticipate. Right. And so the next time I ran it live, I, I built in implementation weeks into the curriculum Mm -hmm. from the start, which I, I just never would have done because I, I wouldn't have realized that's what was needed until we were in the process. Of doing.
1: It's an interesting one. Cause from, I think from the course creator, we just want to think, okay, let's give info, info, info every week, new thing, every week, new thing, every, but no one's got the time to implement a whole new thing every single week. You know, it's, it's kind of like any skill, to be honest, it's like, I've just started taking, um, Brazilian jujitsu lessons, right. Yeah. It's really hard to keep up because every lesson's a new thing and a new thing and a new thing. And then I forgot what we did the last week. And it's kind of like, i pref- I go twice a week. I would prefer it if it was like almost like you mentioned, just the exact same thing on both days, where it's like, all right, let me go on Tuesday, okay, learn this new thing here, and then let me go on Thursday. Don't teach me anything new. Let me recap and and implement what I learned on Tuesday. Okay, yeah. now I'm solid with that. Now let's get a new one here. So I think that's a, a really good lesson. Um, okay, final so, question. Oh, sorry, here you go.
0: I was just going to say, you know, like that's when a course creator is focused on. This is all the information yeah, that I yeah. need you to know. Yeah. And that's why I think so many course creators are so attached to people finishing their program. Mm. Like, honestly, I don't give a flip if mm. you finish my program or not. Mm. I want you to get the outcome you came for. Yeah. And sometimes you get that outcome in module two. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was a program that I did. It was a six month um, group coaching program. It was one of the first ones that really kind of catapulted my business forward. And I don't think I got past week five out Mm. of this six month course mm. because what i you learned pl- early you on it, i was like give it a
1: plug give it a plug by the way Melinda. Oh, well she's okay. actually
0: wrapped up a business now so um <laughs> her name was melissa her name is melissa far and uh, a coach from the u.s and she was absolutely brilliant but she's uh, taken a different path in in life since that time but um yeah early on i just I got the lesson that I needed Mm. and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to focus on implementing, implementing. And so I spent the next six months in that program, just doing the first few lessons over and over again. And that's, that's where my business catapulted. So it didn't matter that I never got to module six, let alone 17 Mm. because I got the outcome that I needed, which was to be selling one-on-one clients and getting booked out and all that kind of thing. So Yeah. Detach yourself from people finishing your course Mm. and just make sure that what they are learning, that they're actually able to translate that into their, their business and their, their outcome or their life or their health or whatever it is that you're selling.
1: Such a good tip. Okay. Final question. Uh, This course now, is it on, have you got it on demand or is it always a, a cohort type course?
0: Um, so it's now evolved. It's no longer a course. It's okay. now a group coaching program. Gotcha. Uh, because I, again, from those early lessons, I realized that when, particularly when it comes to words, people need help putting yeah. them together so they can learn the lessons all they like, but often people will go, oh, just, I'm so confused. I don't know. And I'm like, what if you just said it like this? Mm-hmm. I'm like oh my god I'm trying to figure that like yeah. sometimes you just need that person to reach into your brain and go here's what we do so uh, it's now a group coaching program where we do weekly Q A's and we also do a weekly copy critique so mm-hmm. you get the tips and you get the strategy and you get uh, like the idea for for how you want to implement it but then you send me your sales page and I go wow this is awesome this bit's shit, this bit's like, what if we tweak that? So I literally go through everybody's work line by line and and help to kind of give it the oomph that it needs. So your main question was about, is it on demand? Yes, uh, people can enroll at any time. And again, that has come from the lessons that I learned early on running this in live cohorts Mm. is after about the second or third week, everyone is at different stages anyway. Yeah. Some people power ahead. Some people yeah. get stuck on their ideal client or whatever it is. And so even in a live group, very quickly, everybody's at different mm. stages. Such a good, and such a- Yeah. And so I, I saw that happening in action. And then I also um, just realized that there's a lot of value for people being at different stages as well. So we have some people in our program who are trying to get their first one-on-one clients and we have other people who have a course that is selling on evergreen that they're trying to boost their conversions. So we've got the range of people with already established funnels in place and people who are just like showing up on social media and, and trying to get those initial people through the door, because fundamentally, no matter where you are along that journey, you need to understand the ingredients of your messaging and you need to know how do I apply those ingredients, whether it's on a sales page, whether it's in a one-on-one conversation, whether it's on a YouTube video, like however you're showing up, if you know what those messaging ingredients are and you know how to pull them together, then all you need to do is talk about what you do and the right people will say, Oh my God, I need that.
1: Mm, Love it. Okay. Melinda, that's all we got time for today. That's pretty much everything I wanted to get through. Uh, is there anything I should have asked you but forgot to, or anything you want to finish us off with?
0: Um, I guess the only thing I can say is if you. Uh feel like this kind of work is what you need. I do have some great videos on YouTube that I, that I mentioned, you can uh, check out some of my back catalog there. And um, if this work is kind of floating your boat, uh, feel free to reach out to me on um, Instagram at Melinda Kitto. Um, Just touch base with me. I do actually offer an advanced training for which kind of takes you behind the scenes of the framework that I teach in my program and how we help our clients get results. So if you like this work, if it's something that you, if it's something that's making you say, Oh my God, I need that. Then probably best to touch base with me on Instagram and I can hook you up with that advanced training and um, just so you can see exactly how we, we help people get the results that they get.
1: Awesome. All right, Melinda, thank you very much for your time.
0: Thanks for having me, Jono. Awesome.